0: Of all the promises a man or woman can make, I can think of no two more solemn and morally binding. The first, the answer to the question, Do you take this man to love and to cherish, to honor and to obey, in sickness and health, as long as you both shall live? And the other, the Hippocratic Oath. This phrase in particular, Whatsoever house I enter, There will I go for the benefit of the sick, refraining from all wrongdoing or corruption, and especially from any act of seduction. Our mystery drama, The Edge of the Scalpel, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Terry Keane and Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Arnheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Somebody still cares about quality.
1: To the Budweiser people, that's a lot more than just words. It's a commitment to continue brewing Budweiser the way it's always been brewed. With care, with pride,
2: without compromise. And it's a promise to everyone who enjoys great beer that there's one thing they'll always be able to count on. That one-of-a-kind, Beechwood-aged Budweiser taste. A taste that speaks for itself, loud and clear. (laughs) Hear it talking? And when you say, But You say you care enough You only want The king
1: of the years. When you say, But You say you it all anheuser Bush, St. Louis
3: Hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Hey, Mom, what you got?
4: ShopRite's answer to what's for dinner this week is center cut beef rib steak, just $1.39 a pound. Fresh ground chuck, $0.89 a pound. Fresh snow white mushrooms, only $0.89 a pound. For a quick and delicious meal, try Farmland Entraise, frozen assorted varieties, a two-pound package for $0.89. Save on Fleischman's margarine, one-pound package, only $0.59. Golden ripe bananas, $0.19 a pound. Don't miss these and other great values at your nearby ShopRite supermarket. Remember... ShopRite. She loves the family. She wants the best. She does all that she can do. She lets ShopRite
3: do the rest. Hey, ma, what's for dinner? ShopRite has the answer.
4: Now this word from WPIX-TV. I grew up in New
3: York City. I was born and raised here. You're listening to Pat Harper, anchorwoman on the Channel 11, 10 o'clock news. As a New Yorker living again in New York... Is that New
5: York is a composition of many small towns. We walk down into Chinatown, or we go down into Little Italy, or we walk anywhere in New York City. Maybe I'm prejudiced because I'm a New Yorker.
1: Let's face it. Any given day we live is not just terrible, terminal things. We're sitting That's Joe Harper, anchor man on the Channel 11, 10 o'clock news. Have to get more balance into the news. A lot of good things happen. I think we ought to be screaming to the high heavens about how great this city is in a lot of respects.
5: I think it's one of the few news shows that allows you to walk away from it feeling pretty
1: good. Joe Harper and Pat Harper, anchor man and anchor woman, on the Channel 11 News at 10 o'clock.
0: of the scalpel. This is the story of a surgeon who walked it, who poised it above his deadly rival, literally holding the life of the man on the operating table in his hands. Let us follow the tall, gaunt man there who looks ten years older than his 38 years, whose aging face still retains the good looks and the mark of a spoiled and petulant youth, who walks slowly, leaning on a cane for support, to the main nurse's desk at Guardian Hospital. Excuse me. Uh, I want to see Nurse Stewart.
3: Nurse Carrie Stewart. Oh, uh, Nurse Stewart has, uh, has duty for another three quarters of an hour. If you want to walk over to the waiting room... Uh, walking is not my strong suit, as you can see. Uh, will you ask her to come down here or put her on page? Oh, I can't page a nurse. Well, she won't mind. I'm her husband.
5: Oh, my bless me. How do you do, Mr. Stewart?
3: How do you do, Nurse McGrath? You know me. Well, why not? It's such a loving little family here at Guardian Hospital, isn't it? I I think your wife is still operating with Dr. Malcolm. That's exactly what bothers me. I'll be waiting for her right by the elevator as soon as she's ready to see me.
6: Thank you for saving another patient for me, Dr. Malcolm. Thank you for the correct diagnosis, Dr. Kowalski. We make a team. We all make a team. (laughs) Right, Gary. Kirk, what would you do without her? <laughs> I'd hate to speculate, Ted. Or have you speculated?
3: Oh, come on, Kirk. My reputation as the hospital ethereal is all gossip. I play
6: the field. <laughs> now, with you and Carrie, that's uh, different. Well, here's the elevator. Care to join us? Nope. Three's a crowd. I mean... Forget it, Ted. Carrie is my surgical nurse. Sorry about that.
5: He didn't mean anything.
6: Maybe it's my guilty conscience. Coffee? Coffee?
5: A nurse than a doctor?
6: Well, protocol is no problem to the Chief of Surgical Services. I'll exercise the command. Coffee.
5: <laughs> I'm used to obey.
6: I wish that were true. Kirk, don't,
3: please. You never know who
6: might... My... Surprise, Carrie.
3: Your loving, if lame, husband. Joe, uh, what brought you here? A question maybe I should be asking. Hello, Mr. Stewart. Nice to see you again. Oh, Dr. Malcolm. At the moment, I feel like the... Uh, Usual third wheel. Obviously, you are happy about something special. The most fantastic operation, Joe.
5: Kirk, uh, Dr. Malcolm just saved a man from certain death.
6: I don't think your husband is interested in hospital small talk.
3: Small talk? It was a miracle. A miracle? Oh, I hope I'm not interfering with it. The miracle has already taken place.
6: I was just asking your wife to my office to have a cup of coffee. Won't you join us? I'm afraid I can't.
3: Unless it's for some... Special consultation. Uh, no, no. Uh, perhaps I could be allowed to steal my wife away.
6: You can scarcely steal what is your own, Mr. Stewart. If you'll excuse me. Certainly.
3: Did you have to go out of your way to be rude? Was I? Oh, I didn't notice. Uh, but could I sit down for a moment? Of course
5: you can. You shouldn't be on your feet this much anyway. What brought you out here?
3: Loneliness sick of looking at nothing but four walls. So I took a bus and ended up downtown feeding the pigeons.
5: Well, it's a nice thing to do, but not to
3: the point of exhaustion. I feel they're my kin. They walk as clumsily as I do. Only they have wings to spread and fly. Joel, why do you fight the operation that could help you? Dr. Malcolm tried to explain I'd like to forget Kirk Malcolm. And he'd be the last person I'd be likely to tell I'm scared out of my skull of an operation. Carrie, drive me home. I can't.
5: I'm still on duty.
3: Well, can't you beg off?
5: No way. We're shorthanded.
3: Back in the same old circle. Everyone has a duty but me. You have
5: one. Go back to work. You know there's always room in advertising for your talent. Joe, please, I should be back on the operating floor.
3: Why did you come here? Not to spy on you, Carrie. Whatever you think. Just that my legs gave out. I I couldn't face the bus ride home. Excuse
5: me, Carrie, but oh, I'll just call down for you, emergency. Oh, thanks, Mac. I'll be right up. Oh, I'm sorry to chuck it in your lap, Joe. Here are the keys. You take the car. I'll take the bus.
3: If only we could go back to where we started, Carrie. It was good, wasn't it? Yes, Joe, but. Look, I cannot talk now. I've got to go. A busy little breadwinner. But just hang on to one thought, lover. I'll never be satisfied with the crumbs. Yeah? It's Carrie, Joel.
5: I won't be able to make it home for dinner. Can you manage?
3: Oh, my greatest talent. I manage to manage. Somehow. Somehow. Where are you spending the evening? With one of your doctor buddies?
5: It's an emergency operation to try to save a young boy's leg.
3: Oh, how noble. Will the great God Malcolm perform another miracle?
5: I don't know. None of us
3: knows. Which is exactly why you'll never get me near an operating room. They never know. None of them does. (laughs) This way, at least I have two legs. Not very serviceable, but there, in an emergency.
5: I may be very late. Don't
3: wait up for me. Don't try to protect my feelings. I ended being less than a whole man a long time ago.
6: You should be very proud of what you did for that boy, Kirk. If it works. In the long run, we can all be proud, Ted. (laughs) Such modesty. Don't you love him for it, Carrie? I
3: respect him, Dr. Kowalski. Right. I should choose my words more carefully.
5: Well, I'm off. I have an angel waiting for me in the wings. Oh, my goodness. What is it? The time I gave Joel the car. I've got to dash if I'm to catch the last bus.
6: No need. I'll drop you off. If you want me to.
5: All right. There's so many things I... I'll meet you at the doctor's entrance in ten minutes. I thought inviting you to dinner might help you understand the... Well, the way things are.
6: You mean with Joel? What can you do with a man who refuses to take advantage of what surgery might do for him?
5: Convince him that it can. He's scared, Kirk. He needs to find somebody he can place all his trust and faith in.
6: <laughs> I'm scarcely the man for that.
5: Now, you almost managed to convince him last night.
6: Is that the only reason I was invited?
5: You know it, wasn't.
6: Oh, Carrie, darling. Oh, Kirk. I'll lay it right on the line, Carrie. He's afraid he wouldn't be able to hang on to you. If you knew, he didn't need you anymore.
5: He has every right to hang on to me as long as he wants. Isn't
6: that a little masochistic?
5: I was driving the car when he first got hurt.
6: That has nothing to do with his condition now. He has Larisha's syndrome, a deterioration of the lower aorta. I checked it out with Helen.
5: Who's to say that wasn't an aftermath of the back injury? But that... Anyway, there are other reasons, Kirk. I made a vow when I married him in sickness and in health. I can't break that.
6: Somehow, in this day and age, it seems... I mean, I love you, Carrie. And I know you love me.
5: Yes, I do. But I guess, Kirk, I'm just uh, old-fashioned.
6: <laughs> I suppose the timing couldn't be more perfect. You're home.
5: Thank you for delivering me right to my door.
6: You're an important package. I'm the best-loved surgical nurse I've ever had.
5: Professionally, We make a team. You were wonderful tonight. You are wonderful.
6: Oh, how I wish. Jerry. I. I apologize for that.
5: You should. It has no future.
3: I just thought I'd uh, throw a little light on the subject. I gather it was a successful operation.
5: Uh, it'll be a year before we know that for sure.
3: Funny, I thought you'd already gotten far enough to predict resolve. Joe,
5: I don't quite know what you mean, but I do know I don't feel like matching rapiers tonight. I am tired, and I want to go to bed. I'm not stopping you. Good night, Joe.
3: Aren't you going to kiss me good night, too? So you saw. I've been waiting all evening. And watching.
5: Well, it didn't mean anything. Or if it did, it was an end. Not a beginning.
6: Whatever you say, Carrie. Morning, Nurse McGrath. Any problems?
5: Oh, nothing I can't handle, Dr. Malcolm. How's the little boy?
6: Well, so far, he's holding his own. Oh, and we have an identity for him now, I understand.
5: Well, his name is Fenton. Tim. <laughs> His
3: parents are waiting in your office. All right. There's some reporters waiting to see you, too. Why not? You're famous. <laughs> morning, Mac. <laughs> morning, uh, Dad. Good morning, Dr. Kowalski. And indeed, you
5: are, Dr. Malcolm. Oh, you must be very proud of what you accomplished last night.
6: Well, uh, it balances out. Oh, Mac, has Nurse Stewart checked in yet? Uh, no. She called in earlier to say she'd be delayed. Her husband isn't feeling well. Oh? Anything serious?
5: Oh, she didn't say.
6: Any message we can mm-hmm. give her? No, it's a, a personal matter. I'll be in my office with Tim's parents.
3: Now, what kind of a personal matter would you suppose exists between Carrie and Kirk Malcolm? Sure, if it were
5: common knowledge, it couldn't be very personal now, could it?
3: <laughs> Meaning mind my own business, huh? You said it, Doctor, not I. Well, it is sort of my business because well, Doctor Malcolm is my friend. Mac. You know the hospital better than anyone. You've been here longer. But I came with a cornerstone. Are there rumors going around about Carrie and... But I didn't plant the grapevine. And I feed it no nourishment. Uh, All I'm worried about is that any hint gets to the Iron Duke upstairs. If old Hadley up in administration noses out what's being whispered around, we could lose Dr. Malcolm and Carrie. I wouldn't want to see that. Oh, nor me.
5: I stayed home because I'm your wife,
3: Joel. Not by choice. Not because you love, but out of duty. I
5: didn't say that. You
3: didn't have to. Maybe because it isn't true. What? You might be a little ashamed after last night. I told you that's a closed chapter... I doubt it. Why don't you admit you'd give anything to be rid of me? What good am I? I can't support you. I can't even make love to you. I'm a... Husband in name only. If I had any guts, I'd walk out of your life. Only I'm not very good at walking either. That's something that could be fixed. How? Under your surgical boyfriend's scalpel? (laughs) No, thank you. I wouldn't give him the chance to dispose of me so easily. That's a terrible thing to say. And a terrible thing that two of you are doing to me. I may be no damn good, but you're my wife. And that's what you're going to stay till...
5: Joe?
3: Joe, what is it? Pain. The pain. Joe, again. Maybe you'll get your wish after all. But you hear this, Gary? You get me my own doctor, or I'll haunt you the rest of my life.
0: An intriguing situation. A woman struggling desperately to live up to her marriage vows, committed by her conscience to a man she does not love, and a surgeon in whose hands may be placed the life of this man. There are gathering factors which could end his career as he found himself accused not only of negligence, but murder. I'll return shortly with Act Two
7: putty cat. I did to you, putty cat.
0: Hi, I'm Mel Blank, and that's another
2: of my thousand voices. And that's why they asked me to tell you about lemon mint Listerine lozenges. Because when your throat is hot and dry from a cold, they make it feel cool and soothed. And Listerine's anesthetic medicine helps give fast, (coughs) temporary relief from minor sore throat pain. Lemon mint Listerine lozenges. No matter how many voices you've got, you've only got one throat. So uh, get Listerine lozenges, folks. Use only as directed.
4: Here's Ralph Flinger, better
1: known as Mr. I-Know-Where-They-Are. Ralph, whatever became of Edwin Loudy, the inventor of the
4: bridge lamp? Ah, uh, yes. Well, he's well up in his 90s now, but he still works every day taking chain-link fences apart. A listener would like to know whatever became of a young daredevil named Warner Bromley who flew a Zeppelin upside down? Ah, uh, yes. He once tried to fly a Zeppelin upside down through the framework of the Eiffel Tower. What's he doing now? He inflates weather balloons for the government. All
1: right, Mr. I-know-where-they-are. How about Stuffy Hodgson, Calvin Hooghavan, Jimmy Schwab, Fred Falvey, and Mary Backstage?
4: Oh, they're all to be found in the pages of the new Bob and Ray book, Right If You Get Work, along with Wally Ballou, Tippy the Wonder Dog, and many more fascinating characters. That's Right If You Get Work,
1: the best of Bob and Ray at your bookstore now.
4: Incidentally, Edwin Lowdy claimed he invented the bridge lamp, but he didn't.
1: Well, he's in his 90s now. I don't see any point in reopening that controversy. Welcome to the Bahamas, the country of
2: 700 islands. I'm Captain Henry Pyfrom of Bahamas Air, the Bahamas' own airline, and I'd be pleased to show you our islands. I can fly you to colonial-style Nassau Paradise Island, or to swinging freeport Lucia, to Eleuthera, where the pineapples grow... Or if you've been to Bimini, where the fishing is fantastic. Every one of our Bahama Islands is a whole different experience. You choose your
1: favorites, and I'll fly you there. in
7: the Bahamas. We you.
4: We you. Flights the... leave every day for the Bahamas, the country of seven hundred islands. Shouldn't you be on one of them? See your travel agent or call toll free 800-327-0787, Bahamas Tourist Office.
0: the real suspense begins the ultimate suspense in our world the fight to save a human life as the door to the emergency room opens, Carrie turns toward it her face drawn and strained a nurse and orderly wheel Joel out now mercifully unconscious doctors Kirk and Kowalski follow
6: orderly, take Mr. Stewart to room 416 Dr. Kowalski will be in charge for the moment
3: you want him prepped for surgery?
6: Did you get through to Dr. Hallam?
3: Yes, he sprained
5: a wrist two days ago playing squash. He can't handle it.
6: <sighs> Who else do you want?
5: I don't know anyone so else, hold but... the
6: prep, Ted, till we settle on a surgeon. Make sure there's an OR available and a surgical team. Can do. But, Chief, I don't think You're you... You're keeping should... the patient waiting, Dr. Kowalski. Yes, sir. Let's go inside for a moment, nurse. Better <laughs> sit down, Carrie. Been a rough morning for you.
3: You don't know
5: how rough... He'll never forgive me I'll never forgive myself
6: It's hardly your fault he had this attack Isn't it?
5: After last night He saw it, you know
6: Oh I'm sorry about that
5: Yes, so am I I can't help thinking I'm responsible
6: Maybe we'd better stick to fact Medical fact Have there been any other acute attacks like this?
5: No, just chronic leg cramps Nothing like this
6: You can guess what it might be, can't you?
5: A thrombosis?
6: Probably, or an aneurysm an arteriogram would show that.
5: Does it matter? Either means an operation. Yes,
6: it's indicated. However, if it is a clot, he might pass it. But the trouble with a Larisse syndrome is how much it has narrowed the whole Y junction of the terminal aorta and the ileal arteries.
5: It could cut off the blood supply to his legs?
6: Mm-hmm. To keep him from losing them, we'd have to go in and put a shunt past the blocked area. That's what I tried to explain to him the other night. I wish you'd convinced him. So do I. Hasn't his own doctor ever recommended
5: surgery? He's been trying to get him to let Dr. Hallam do it for the last three years.
6: There are other effects from a LaRiche syndrome. To put it as simply as possible, doesn't he ever want a child? I don't know. Do you? Yes, but not...
5: Oh, it's so many things. The way I was brought up, the accident with the car... Everything Joel gave up for me.
6: What did he give up for you? His
5: mother wanted him to marry somebody else. She's a vindictive old woman. She cut him out of her will and refused to see him after we were married. He sounds
6: well off without her. That's
5: just the trouble. He was very well off with her. I didn't know that when we were married that most of his income was an allowance from her. He never dreamed she'd cut it off. But all of this doesn't matter. Joel's health comes before anything. Kirk, with Dr. Hallamout, I don't know who else to call in. He suggested Dr. Ross... To no, call...
6: no, he's too old for this.
5: And there's nobody else here at the hospital but Dr. McNeil, and I think he's awfully young for yeah, this. He time.
6: wouldn't want the responsibility. Nor would I allow him to take it as chief surgeon.
5: So, will you operate?
6: Well, let's see how it goes. If the situation is an emergency, and you can convince him to sign the waiver for me to operate, I'll perform it. <laughs> What do you want? I'm sorry
3: if I woke you, Mr. Stewart. Every two seconds, someone does. Uh, the worst is over. We've taken all the necessary tests. What's the verdict? I'll let Dr. Malcolm answer that. Dr. Malcolm? Oh, yes. I I am a- acquainted with him, and he's acquainted with my wife. Well, so am I. I'm Dr. Kowalski, by the way. I've heard of you. Your wife's most ardent admirer. Nice try, Dr. Not the most ardent, though. She's quite a woman. Pretty common opinion around you doctors, I gather. One you share? Oh, I do. I also share another one that seems quite prevalent. What's that? That she's much too wonderful a woman to be wasted on a helpless invalid. Isn't that what her colleagues say? I've, uh, I've never heard anyone say it. As to your being a helpless invalid, that isn't accurate. In a sense, what happened to you this morning may turn out to be your lucky break. In what sense? Well, you could have gone along for years with a chronic circulatory condition. Now that it's acute, something has to be done about it. An operation? That... that's up to Dr. Malcolm. Oh, no, my friend, it is not. Only over my dead body.
6: How's the patient, Dr. Kowalski? Just uh, fair, Dr. Malcolm. Forgive me, Carrie.
5: That's all right. I want to know.
3: Okay. This is right to the roots. There's advanced claudication in the lower extremities. I'd say immediate operative procedure is indicated. Does my husband agree? I didn't tell him directly. I said that was up to the surgeon. Well, then let's settle it right now. Why don't you have a talk with him first, Carrie? All right.
5: But you do feel it's an emergency, Dr. Kowalski.
3: I know damn well it is.
5: Then I'll prepare him.
3: Thanks. Who is going to operate, sir?
6: I am. If Mr. Stewart agrees, Mrs. Stewart has asked me to. Oh.
3: Well, he's in pretty poor general health. He might
6: not come through. I know. But if he isn't operated on, he could lose one or both of his legs. Or his life. Look, why stick your neck out? A surgeon sticks his neck out every time he takes that knife in hand. I'm the only surgeon in this hospital, or presently available, that's best suited for the job. Anything else you want to say, Dr. Kowalski? No, sir. Except, good
3: luck. What will they do, Carrie? Stop the pain, or or can they really put me all the way back to what I was before? There's every chance they can. You sound pleased at the prospect.
5: Why wouldn't I be? Joel, I want to see you healthy and... and complete.
3: So you can walk out on me at last? You should know me better than that. Okay. Okay, okay, you win. But first, if I agree to an operation, do you promise never to leave me? I promise. Then let's get Dr. Hallam and get this over with. Hallam? Isn't he the surgeon?
5: He sprained his wrist. He's not available.
3: Well, then who else?
5: The finest surgeon you could want right here in this hospital. Malcolm?
3: Yes. You think I'd let him touch me? The man who wants you every bit as much in the world as I want you? Joe, where a surgeon is concerned, there are no emotions involved. But where love is concerned, there is nothing else. I can only judge this by myself. And I tell you, if I were in his spot and, and had the chance... The pain I can't can't. Help me, Carrie. Oh, I am in such terrible pain Help me
6: Dr. Malcolm, you sure we should go through with this? You're the internist You know that it's crucial And that time is the main criterion Well, suppose you lose him Why should I? The actuarial figures are 5% mortality under normal conditions. But with complications. I'm a surgeon, not a mathematician. You'll need a little briefing on this one, Dr. Kowalski, and the rest of us were scrubbing up. It's an unusual operation, but so we will put it on closed-circuit TV. I don't think I have to go into any details here. We'll wait for the operating theater. blood pressure? 200 over 120. I don't like that. Still, there was bound to be hypertension. How long are we going to be, Dr. Malcolm? Not less than three hours is my guess. Could be twice that. Ask Dr. Frost on anesthesia if he can hold him. Nurse, let me see your instrument tray. You can switch on the closed circuit TV now. For most of you observing this operation, this will be your first experience with the LaRiche syndrome. The patient involved is at a critical stage since a large thrombus or blood clot is cutting off the main circulation to the interior organs and the lower extremities. So, operative procedure is mandatory. Is everyone ready, Dr. Kowalski? Ready, Dr. Malcolm. Very well. Nurse, skin knife.
5: Nurse, I am Mrs. Choke Stewart. My son is being up. You? Hello, Mother Stewart. Yes, me. It's the same old stance. Never mind you. What about Joel? Is he all right? He's on the operating table right now. How could you allow it? It wasn't a matter of allowing it. He has a thrombosis. It's his life. He had a life before he met you. Who is the surgeon, may I ask? Dr. Hallam? Dr. Hallam had an injury. He wasn't able to operate. Oh, didn't he suggest a replacement? Yes, but... But what? (sighs) Mother Stewart, please... Look, come with me to the nurse's lounge just down the hall. I'd like you to see just what it is that's involved. I am less interested in that than in who is handling things. I thought you didn't care about us anymore. Substantially correct, I don't care about you. But when my only son is at death's door, I feel I had to return to make sure he was getting the best of care. How did you know about Joe? He called me to say he was in excruciating pain and was being taken to the hospital. He was afraid for his life. What does that mean? Exactly what it says. Who
6: is operating? And now that the superimposed thrombus has been removed, we can see the poor condition best of the... Dr. Aorta. Malcolm on the TV. The, the best surgeon available to save Charles.
5: The one person my son it's called me and begged blood. me to save him from.
6: This patient has been unable to we walk more than short distance. he
5: kill him. Oh, that's ridiculous.
6: Kirk, Other effects Kirk. Will have been I mean, Dr. Malcolm, Malcolm
5: will do everything to Donald save his
6: including possible... Did Joel sign an
5: agreement to have Dr. Malcolm operate?
6: Uh, to return the patient no, to normal life... No, but... Who did? Will not be enough to close... I them.
5: did. You? He's Popped in the back. best of hands. Well, we'll see
6: her about her that. And Mother Stewart, I wish you would... Quiet, quiet. An aneurysm. Oh, something's happening on the television. ready to pop. We'll ligate above it. Stand by with suction. We've run into a complication... A break in the intima, or the inner wall of the artery, is letting blood under pressure into the media. If this should rupture the outside wall, the patient could be lost. What do you plan to do,
5: Joe? I've heard and seen all I need. Uh, well, some... Now I'll tell you, you know what Joey Joe told me. You that he was afraid that somehow you and Dr. Malcolm were going to maneuver him under
6: Dr. Malcolm's knife. He couldn't be in better hands. That is a matter of opinion. I'm going to try to put him back on his feet. I
5: just want to warn you,
6: Karen, if anything
5: happens to my boy, I'll have no interest in a civil case. It will be criminal all the way. And I will name Dr. Malcolm, who has broken up your marriage for premeditated murder, and you as accessory, both before and after the fact.
0: In the operating theater, the drama of life and death is played out according to established rules. Or is it? And watching the drama, two women are as completely involved as if the instruments were in their hands. I'll return shortly with Act Three. Isn't it nice to know you're free? To see the things you want to see? The In the free spirit department, Buick's midsize 1976 Century has a lot going for it. Efficient size, lots of room, neat things like that. But Century offers bonuses. It's a Buick, remember which says one heck of a lot about how nicely it takes care of you. And Century does something for the sake of efficiency that no other American mid-sized car does. It comes with a V6 engine and a Buick V6 of that. Century, the spirit will move you.
2: We're all a little leery of the dark. That's why some lonely night, you'll be glad you bought a Delco battery. A Delco quality battery with instant starting power. Delco batteries. Some lonely night, you'll be glad you bought one.
4: Enter the AC Delco Energizer Sweepstakes win a Holland America Cruise for two at Wasco Auto Supply, 139 Nassau Avenue at McGinnis Boulevard in Greenpoint. How long has it been since your car had a tune-up? If it's been too long, it could cost you money. Money for gas now, money for expensive repairs later. Save yourself some money with a tune-up at your Long Island Oldsmobile dealer, the dealer who handles quality AC Delco parts and is known all over the island for service reliability. Drive in soon to your Long Island Oldsmobile network dealer for a tune-up with AC spark plugs and Delco points and condensers. Your lion dealer in Freeport is Addy Oldsmobile and in Great Neck. It's Belgrave Motors. The scene is a commercial bank in New York State. A trust officer is listening to his client
2: explain that he no longer wants to manage his money himself. Well, you understand. I've managed my money myself over 30 years. Like doing it. But now, well, we'll be traveling a lot. I can't be worrying about dividends on the golf course. Is there some way... There's a trust. Not part of a will. I've already arranged... No, not part of a will. A living trust or an investment management program. I see. You don't mean one of those in-trust-for joint savings accounts, do you? I believe in investing. Oh, no. Our investment people manage your money as you would manage it yourself. Take care of all the day-to-day details. And you'll probably find the fee is tax-deductible. Well, if I'd known that a couple of years back... Well, now you know. Ask to see a trust officer next time you're in your local commercial bank to help protect your family's future. A message from the Trust Division of the New York State Bankers Association.
0: Of drama, suspense piled upon suspense, conflict on conflict. Watching on closed circuit TV are the wife of the patient whose life rests in the hands of the surgeon, and with her, the patient's mother, to whose biased, bitter, horrified mind her son appears to be helpless.
5: I want it, stop, You can't do that. This is Joel's chance to become a whole man again, or a dead one. I want it. stopped. There is no way we can now. Stop. Be quiet and
6: listen. After consultation, we have decided to continue with the operation. The object now is to bypass the degenerated arteries by means of artificial ones. I'm aware that there is some risk to the patient.
5: <gasps> he admits
6: it. But as surgeon, I assume that risk is justified in the overall picture.
5: If you kill him, I'll make you pay.
6: Scumple. I am now making the incisions in the wall of the aorta to receive the plastic ducts that will bypass the degenerative condition observed earlier. A condition which, of course, we cannot repair.
3: I'll make you both pay. You mark my words. Anesthesiologist reports he's throwing premature beats, Dr. Malcolm.
6: I'm almost finished.
3: He's on the edge of cardiac arrest.
6: Then let's hope he doesn't go over it. I need five more minutes. Then we can close.
3: It's going to be a long five minutes,
6: sir. If I can buy those for him, I can buy him a long, healthy life. It's got to be worth it.
5: How much longer do I have to wait here till someone tells me whether my son is alive or not? Mother Stewart, you know he's alive. You saw on the monitor and heard the end of the operation. He looked more dead than alive after all that. Joel came through it. He lived. And he's going to be everything he ever was before. Then why isn't someone down here to tell us so? Because it takes a few minutes for the surgeons to clean up. The first moment he can, I'm sure Kirk... I'm sure Dr. Malcolm will be down to give his report. Kirk? Mm-hmm. Nurses call doctors by their first names. So, Joel was correct. Yes, I'm sure he'll be down to report. To you? Not to me. He doesn't even know I'm here. He should be here any moment. Oh. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to even be near him. Not the man who planned to break up my son's marriage. I took... You were the one who was against Joel marrying me. I should think you'd have been glad to have any excuse for something to break it up. Oh! Is that what you have in mind? You think I'd permit a little snip like you to walk out on my son? I have no intention of walking out. As long as Joel wants me. I'm his. If I know Joel... He'd never allow you to make a fool of him. It must have made you pretty desperate
3: to attempt anything like this. Sorry I took so long. I'd have phoned, but I thought you'd rather hear the news in person.
5: I'd like to hear it, too. I happen to be his mother. This is Dr. Kowalski. Who... I had been sitting here for hours watching him on that TV screen, I'm quite aware of that. And of other things. You were against the latter half of this operation, Dr. Kubelski. or whatever the name is, correct? Against? Mother Stewart... Dr. Kowalski was only expressing an opinion as an internist when he was asked. I don't recall his being asked. Am I to understand my son is still alive?
3: Of course. He came through very well. There's every hope for him. Every hope for what? I don't quite understand. His life? Naturally.
5: And beyond that?
3: It's it's not up to me to make predictions, especially till he comes out from under the anesthetic. And who's in charge of that? Dr. Malcolm. He's in the recovery room with a battery of nurses and doctors. I want to see Joel. Oh, well, that wouldn't do any good for several hours yet. Either to you or to him. Very well. I shall wait here. I want to be the first to see him. By hospital procedure, it would be his wife.
5: His wife and I can straighten that out between us. I just want to be sure I am notified at the first moment. (laughs)
3: A whirling witch, Mac. I kid you not.
5: Just because I'm an elder citizen around here, Doctor,
3: stop trying to get me mixed up in what doesn't concern me. Mac, we both love Kirk like he was your son and my big brother. Do you... It was a hell of a risk he took. Was it for the patient? For Kerry? Or for himself? Well, what do you mean, himself? If Joel Stewart had no physical problems and doesn't need nursing care, wouldn't that leave Kerry free to make a choice which she's never been able to make? since there's not a damn
5: thing you can do about it. Find your own business.
6: Welcome back, Mr. Stewart.
3: I got through it, Doctor.
6: You have a remarkable will to live.
3: I told my wife I wanted to die.
6: Your conscious wish, perhaps. Your unconscious was much stronger. And uh, what was your wish, Doctor? To keep you alive. It's my practice when I can.
3: Even when you're in
6: love with a patient's wife? I won't answer that. Would you like to seek your wife? I suppose so. I'll bring her in. Oh, uh, Dr. Malcolm? Yes?
3: I suppose I should thank you.
6: It's not necessary.
3: I really shouldn't. You'd have done all three of us a favor if you'd made sure I didn't survive.
6: Well, Carrie, it looks as though... Uh,
5: Excuse me, Dr. Malcolm. I don't believe you've met Joel's mother, Mrs. Choate Stewart.
6: A Pleasure, ma'am.
5: That remains to be seen. Is my son still alive?
6: Well, of course. I came to tell his wife she could see him briefly. Both of you, if you desire.
5: You can see him first if you want, Mother Stewart. I think I do. One question, doctor. Do you expect him to live?
6: I haven't a doubt. Barring unforeseen complications. And will he be his old self? If you mean physically, I confidently expect, with therapy and proper care, in three months he'll be as active and healthy as all of us.
5: I want to see him.
6: All right. Nurse, take Mrs. Stewart to the recovery room. Shall we go along?
5: Uh, no. Give Mother Stewart a little time with him alone first.
6: Very well. Shall I accompany you?
5: I would prefer to see him alone.
6: As you wish. If you'll just go with the nurse... quite an old
5: battle axe that's about the politest name I can think of for oh Kirk you took some awful risks
6: I did what I felt had to be done
5: not just for me of course not I mean it wasn't in your mind or your heart that if Joe was no longer an invalid then perhaps you not
6: while I was operating no but now
5: it is no it's too late Whatever else might have been possible before, I promised Joel if he had this operation, I would never leave him. So, please, Kirk, let's leave it at that. If you love me. I can't... I just can't take any more.
6: If I love you... Well, let's put it this way, Carrie. Because I love you, I leave it.
5: It's a matter of conscience.
6: (laughs) Thus conscience does make cowards of us all.
5: That isn't fair, Kirk. I won't... I can't renege on a promise.
6: I guess I... I wouldn't ask you to. So... This is the... uh, The end for us?
5: There never was a beginning. Now I must go to my
3: husband. Please don't pretend, Carrie.
5: I'm not pretending.
3: (laughs) You can hardly wait to start nursing me again, hmm? Does that mean I still have a wife? Yes. For better or worse, in sickness and in health, for always? Would you promise? I promise. You had your chance, Carrie, you and your surgeon. You should have lost me. What did you save me for? I'm a hard and
5: unpredictable old woman, Carrie. And I've learned a lot of things today. A respect for others that I give seldom and grudgingly. A recognition of my own selfishness and of your unselfishness. The dedication of your surgeon, Dr. Malcolm. The weaknesses in my own child. Some of which he inherited from me. Mother Stewart, Let, I... let me finish. It will be a long and expensive convalescence. I can afford it. You can't. He will mend physically. But all the flaws in his character, which I see so clearly for the first time, will still be there. When I told him I would remake my will in his favor and renew his allowance, he jumped at the chance. Mother, I can manage. I am perfectly willing. I know you are, Carrie. And now that it's too late I wish you were to be my daughter-in-law I don't understand everything I offered Joel was contingent on one thing that he gave you your freedom it didn't take him a second to make up his mind but he needs now he needs a crutch I can provide him all the various sizes and shapes he needs You and your Kirk put my Joel back on his feet. Now let me do the same for you. There's one thing your surgeon, no matter how sharp his scalpel, could never do. Cut the umbilical cord. I've set you free from Joel. How can you answer for him? It's all been discussed. I can answer. And what about me? It's my unwedding gift to you. Whatever your heart most desires.
0: It was a quiet wedding, six months later, for Dr. Kirk Malcolm and the former Mrs. Joel Stewart. Ted Kowalski was best man, and everyone else who had attended the operation was there, except for the patient himself. He was traveling in Europe with his mother. A Gordian knot had been untied by the ancient method of cutting through it. But whose scalpel was sharper? The surgeon or that vitriolic old lady who had strength enough to admit her mistakes? I'll be back shortly.
5: I want that sinus medicine. Headache tablet? No, the sinus medicine that relieves headache and congestion. Internal sinus pressure and post-nasal drip.
3: You mean Off?
5: Exactly.
2: Compare Sign Off tablets with anything you've ever taken for sinus. No sinus tablet you can buy relieves more symptoms. Sinoff gives you a full dose of pure aspirin plus a powerful sinus drainer. Sinoff works fast to help sinus pain while you drain.
7: S-I-N-E-O-S-S.
2: Sinoff, the sinus medicines in the bright red box. Take when needed, only as directed.
0: One last quote from the Hippocratic aphorisms, which seems fitting to close this case history. Life is short and art is long. The crisis is fleeting. Experiment risky. Decision difficult. Not only must the physician be ready to do his duty, but the patient, the attendants, and external circumstances must contribute to the cure. Our cast included Terry Keene, Gordon Gould, Don Scardino, Robert Caliban, and Joan Shea. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Listerine Lozenges and Signoff, the sinus medicines. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
4: Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. The preceding program was furnished by CBS Radio. Your dial is set for 15 minutes of late news with John Scott
0: reporting. This is Barry Farber. Join us immediately following the 8 o'clock news right here over W.O.R. New York, the talk of New York.
1: Mayor Beam argues for the city at the National Press Club in Washington. Governor Carey now calling for state aid. Police investigating the death of a 16-year-old in Nassau County Hospital. It's 64 degrees in partly cloudy mid-Manhattan. The man says, clear tonight with a low in the middle 50s, sunny tomorrow with a high near 70. This is John Scott with the 8 o'clock edition of the News. Mayor Abraham Beam went to Washington today and he told a National Press Club audience that President Ford has offered a cop-out, not a cure, for the city's fiscal ills. The mayor added he wants federal guarantees for future loans, not tax dollars. Beam said New York is not asking the federal government or the public for one cent. On the other hand, default will cost America billions. The mayor also touched on the political implications of the president's position.
7: A look at the record of public discussion on this issue shows that the great weight of expert opinion is opposed to the administration's casual analysis of the local, national, and even international impact of a New York City default. The president's assertion that New York major New York banks would be the prime beneficiary of federal action to avert a default comes somewhat as a surprise since Federal Reserve Board Chairman Arthur Burns has already indicated that the federal government would act to help banks threaten in the event of a city's default. The administration's concern seems to begin and end with the banks and with the credit markets. However, default, like all other economic disasters, will most affect the innocent, the powerless, and the least resilient members of our society.
1: Governor Carey asked the federal government today for a $576 million loan. The governor says the money is needed to head off default by four state agencies that are handling $2.5 billion in construction projects. In a letter to President Ford, Carey said the Housing Finance Agency, Medical Care Facilities Financing Agency, Dormitory Authority, and Environmental Facilities Corporation face imminent default. The reason, Carey said, is because the investment community has been scared off loans to governmental agencies since the President's recent speech calling for bankruptcy by the City of New York. In yesterday's election, New York City voters approved six charter amendments that mandate a balanced budget and other fiscal and government reforms, And State Senator Roy Goodman, the Republican who heads the commission that developed the charter amendments, said this vote ought to be an encouraging sign to the nation that New York is ready to put its house in order. Four other proposed amendments to the city charter were voted down. Triumphant opponents of the proposed Equal Rights Amendment to the state constitution, defeated in yesterday's election, have already launched a drive to get the legislature to rescind its earlier approval of a similar proposed amendment to the U.S. constitution. The voters also turned down proposed constitutional amendments. It would have allowed some local governments to bypass constitutional tax limits to pay for for employee benefits and would have clarified the right of municipalities to borrow for storm sewer systems. Amendments were approved to allow the legislature to call itself into special session and to set up a new disciplinary system for the courts. Still undecided are proposals to expand the types of gambling allowed for charitable organizations and another to set up a new administrative structure for the court system. Nassau County's medical examiner said today that Mrs. Janet Sarvant asked doctors on several occasions to halt the use of a life-preserving kidney dialysis machine and take no extraordinary steps to save her terminally ill daughter. The girl, 16-year-old Mary Jane Dahl, died Sunday at Nassau Hospital. Police said a respirator, which also was used to sustain life, had been disconnected about 15 minutes before her death, and they termed it highly unlikely the plug was pulled by accident. Mary Jane was admitted to the hospital a week earlier for treatment of meningitis, complicated by Hodgkin's disease and uremia. Mrs. Sarvant and Mary Jane's aunt, Mrs. Jane Sheehan, had visited the girl a short time before her death, police said. An attorney for the two women said he would not permit either of them to make a written statement to police, but emphasized that neither would take the life of another person. The federal government filed a civil rights suit today against a citizens' group in Queens, accusing them of harassing and intimidating black homeowners in the predominantly white community of Rosedale. The community has been the scene in the past year of the burning of two homes newly bought by black families. The WOR news time. It's now five minutes past eight. Back to the news. Argentina's President Isabel Perón has scheduled a nationwide broadcast address, but there is no word yet on what the speech will deal with. The announcement comes as Mrs. Perón's grip on the presidency appears to be slipping. Many are demanding the replacement of the 44-year-old president through some formula that respects Argentina's constitution. Egypt's President Anwar Sadat has accused the U.S. of neglecting the Palestinian problem, the problem that Sadat believes to be at the core of the entire Middle East dispute. Sadat told a joint meeting of the U.S. House and Senate that once the Palestinian problem is solved, all other outstanding issues can be solved. Sadat told a final meeting with President Ford this afternoon that after that session, reporters were told the U.S. has not given Egypt any specific promise of military aid, but as Deputy Secretary of State Joseph Sisko put it, Obviously, this is an issue that in time will have to be confronted. Sadat was the first modern Arab leader to address the U.S. Congress, receiving a friendly and sometimes enthusiastic response. His comments on the Palestinian question, however, were met with silence. Britain is rushing in troops, aircraft, and a Royal Navy frigate to reinforce its garrison in the Central American colony of Belize. The move is in response to what officials in the colony are describing as a possible threat of invasion from neighboring Guatemala, the Guatemalan government is calling the move an act of intimidation. Sources in Belize said the British government had received reports that Guatemala had sent 10 armored troop carriers to a town about 15 miles from the Belize border. Belize, formerly known as British Honduras, is claimed by Guatemala on grounds it inherited Spanish sovereignty over the area. Britain rejects that claim. Morocco's King Hassan today said he's going ahead with his march on the disputed Spanish Sahara tomorrow, despite Spanish and Algerian threats to stop it by force. However, the king said he won't personally lead the march of some 350,000 unarmed volunteers. The Spanish military commander has warned the marchers would be met by minefields should they try to move beyond a Spanish blockade set up six miles inside the border. However, there's been no independent confirmation of the presence of mines, and the Moroccans have expressed skepticism. Wendy Yoshimura pleaded innocent today to three counts of possessing weapons and explosives, and a trial has been set for January 14th. Ms. Yoshimura was arrested with Patricia Hearst in September. Lynette Fromm, who's acting as her own attorney, sat quietly today as a federal judge, questioned potential jurors for her trial on a charge of trying to kill the president. She interjected comments only twice during the morning session. She asked the judge to rephrase a question and objected when the judge dismissed one juror. At another point, she gave the judge a written question to ask. The price of food continues to spiral... The Agriculture Department today said retail food prices will continue to edge up in 1976, but perhaps at only about half of their rate of increase this year. It is the first Agriculture Department appraisal of what food prices might do in 1976. Officials say much depends on livestock production this winter. Now I'll have the weather and the top of the news after this. Are you tired of paying six to $7,000 for a Detroit automobile? and finding it not as well-made as the car you paid a lot less for so many years ago, there is an alternative, the Lancia Beta from Italy. You can own a car that's meticulously put together. The trunk, the doors, and seams all fit. Front-wheel drive, genuine leather upholstery. A responsive, efficient engine for outstanding performance. Come into a Lancia showroom and see how much more you get for your money. The Lancia Beta Coupe sells for $6,793 PoE. The four-door sedan, a lot lower. Inland transportation, dealer preparation, taxes additional. For this kind of money, don't settle for less. In Larchmont, see Alfredo's Foreign Cars, 2030 Boston Post Road. In New Jersey, see White House Imported Motors Limited, Route 22, White House, Lancia. It's what you expect. The Weather Watch update for New York City and the vicinity. The man says clear tonight with a low in the middle 50s. Sunny tomorrow with a high near 70. Clear again tomorrow night with a low near 50. Increasing cloudiness tomorrow with a high near 70. Clear again tomorrow night with a low near 50. Increasing cloudiness Friday with a high near 70. The chance of rain is near zero through tomorrow night. Winds northwesterly at 10 to 15 miles an hour tonight and tomorrow. Right now in partly cloudy mid-Manhattan, 64 degrees. The humidity, 33%. The wind northwest at 5 miles an hour. The barometer is rising from 30.17 inches. The top stories, Mayor Beam argues for the city at the National Press Club in Washington. Governor Carey calls now for state aid. Police investigating death of 16-year-old in Nassau County Hospital. The temperature once again, 64 degrees. And that, friends, is the 8 o'clock edition of the news. This is John Scott bidding you goodnight. Next news as it happens, next scheduled news tonight at 9 with Lester Smith over WOR Radio 710, the talk of New York.